0: of My Blunt Truth, a podcast about mental health, spirituality, well-being, whatever is on my mind today. I'm your host, Candy, and welcome. So you guys, today for this episode, this has been long, long, long in the making of um, being a part two. Um, I've gotten so many emails about doing this part two, and you know, it's my fault why it hasn't happened. Life has happened and I'm actually glad that we're doing part two of this right now because I think to hear what's about to be said will help me I know to kind of like see where I'm at on my own personal journey so with this episode. Of what is Christ consciousness and could you be going through an ego surrender? We changed it up to surrender this time. Um, death is so, you know, I don't have a problem with that word, but I like the word surrender because it sounds lighter, right? So I have no one here other than my two favorite people to talk about this Geronimo and Amber. You guys say hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, the 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 duo, the trio is here. Let's do this. Amber, okay. Geronimo, take it off. Like, talk about this. Last episode we talked about Geronimo's experience. And this episode we're gonna talk about your experience. Mm. Oh dear. Okay. Well I got my um, tea ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Hopefully it's a nice big glass. Um, well, I guess what I wanna start with is just um I just really want to express gratitude that we you know we're in this position that we can even shed light on this for other people, for all of the painful experiences that we had that brought us here Absolutely. for yes. the people that led us to you, um, for all of the little oh. moments that get us here. So um, I just want to take that moment just to, you know, we, we tend to forget to show gratitude. So I just want to do that for a moment. Um,
0: okay. You just pulled on my
1: heartstrings. Oh. I just
0: reminisced about our whole entire friendship.
1: <laughs> I know. Right. It's so amazing. Aww. It's so amazing. And um, so, yeah, like in reflecting back on last time um, and, and I've it's weighed on me a little bit here and there, you know, through walks or, um, you know, as I'm kind of having a disassociative state in my car or something, and I'm thinking about this stuff, um, and, uh, you know, it occurred to me like, oh, you know, the ego death. And I guess what I wanted to portray is, you know, in the last six months to a year, I've really like come to have an appreciation yeah, for the physical experience and for this little thing called the ego, um. Yes, it can be problematic and it is something that we have to get in check, but it's really about balance. And so, um, while the ego, it's not, it's not really meant to lead our experiences, I guess what I want to say. So, um, but it is a blessing to have it. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'm kidding. Follow me. Um, mine is on my nerves. I know. I know. But it gives us the experience of being candy, being Amber, instead of all of us being the one where we're just a state of being and being love. But we, when we're in that place of being love and being God and all of that, we don't get to experience love with another thing, right? Mm. So the ego gives us that... Uh, you know, here in the du- in the duality, like that individual perspective where we can experience love here in the physical. So that in itself is a blessing. Um, so I just want to like put that out there. Cause like, I know now when you first start the journey, it's like, yes, I've got to conquer this ego thing. Um, but once you get to a place where this thing surrenders, that it can trust more higher decisions, um, the more spiritual self, then it's really not anything that has to be cumbersome.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean? And so it can integrate into um, who you are, yeah, into the whole. And there were a lot of cultures, you know, especially in ancient civilizations, and even those not that long ago, where they had the idea of the balance, you know, that you lead with the spiritual self you use the ego self to survive you know we have to have the ego to make our dental appointments to be a mom or to be a father or to go to our jobs and that kind of stuff you know it's just like part of the experience right um so I just want to say that and I was like you know maybe I'm not being too kind or compassionate even to my own ego here um where we can say like an ego surrender. So we still have this thing. It's not like it's dead. It's still there. It still pops up. It's not like it disappears. I mean, there are still moments even um, where the ego will surface and you're like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to run that show today.
0: <laughs> but to know the difference.
1: Right. Where you can distinguish it and go, okay, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Like, Am I operating from my higher self right now? Is that a higher decision or of morality um, or am I being petty? Am I being petty? Yeah. yeah. Am I being shitty and just jealous? Okay, let me forgive myself for that thought <laughs> and move on. Um, so that's kind of why we considered the, the change of the name. Not that, you know, um, just in the event that it gave people the perspective that this thing was going to be dead and non existent. Um, that's not really true. Because
2: you you really can't um, kill your ego. You know, you, you can pretend you can <laughs> kill it, but you can't kill it.
0: First of all, I didn't even introduce <laughs> you. Brown Jesus, oh. <laughs> Jesus hey guys. Pure, 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 pure. Okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so you know, just to kind of say a few things on um, on you know what Amber is saying. Um, so the ego is the part of our Ourselves that gives us individuality. And it's really a compartmentalization of the divine mind uh, that allows us to be an individual person. So it makes us smaller than who we are. You see the word, so so love is a state of being. And love really means completion, means I have everything, I don't need everything. I am the giver and receiver of everything that I have. So I am complete and whole. Now from that position, you're not able to experience yourself as an individual. You experience yourself as the all, all all-encompassing all. But from the individual perspective, you have to be smaller than the all, meaning that you need something from something else. So our physical experience of love has to do with a giving and a receiving. Now you couldn't have the capacity to receive unless you needed something. So you have to be smaller than the the all. And the ego allows you to be smaller and finite. The all is infinite. So it allows you to give love to something else that needs love and to receive love from something else that can give love. So it's really a tool that the divine is using to experience love. Instead, the divine is a state of being, meaning it is love itself uh, in all its fullness and completion, whereas us, ego selves, are fragmentized so we can give and receive love to to each fragment, to each other. So that's kind of my way of seeing the importance of the ego self. I hope that makes sense. It makes complete sense.
1: Okay, so that's just kind of what we wanted to clarify from, from that side of really people tend to overlook the importance of balancing both. So yep. have this quest of wanting to know more and going outside the physical, but really where the magic is happening is when you're doing both, where you can really have reverence for yourself as the mom reverence for yourself looking at the flowers in your backyard but also understanding i have this god spark within me right and and knowing that it's equivalent
0: you um, know i've been hearing the word reverence for the past three days ooh. and when you said yeah three days interesting so three three <laughs> I, right yeah. everything's interesting with synchronicities with me hmm Keep going, Amber. Reverence is
2: just another word for love and appreciation and worship. Yes, Mm -hmm.
1: adoration. Adoration.
2: Yeah. So, yep. Very important word, reverence.
1: Yeah, so when I have reverence for something, it gives it a whole other meaning than even if I just say love, right? Because most people don't even understand how to actually love. Um, But if I can say reverence, that gives a whole other meaning. Um, So yes, having reverence for things within the planet, the air that you breathe, um, the beings that you encounter, um, it doesn't have to be all the woo-woo stuff. It's, It's also the stuff that's very real in your physical life, like I have this relationship with Candy and I'm extremely grateful for that right Aww, and so you. that is just as precious as whatever concept that i might think i have for my spiritual self or whatever because all of it is that um i'm just trying to think how i could really convey this but i guess
2: we, we really want to convey the idea that your your physical self your mental self or intellectual self, which includes your ego self and your spiritual self, they're not separate things. They're they're really part of you. So each part is you, but it's integrating them. But it's integrating them that really is the challenge. Yes, we are so immersed in the physical experience, uh, and we we sometimes apply the rules that we know about physical existence to say the mind, the mental aspect of ourselves. And of course, those rules don't apply. Uh, and then we try to apply those rules to the spiritual aspect of who we are. Well, the, the rules don't necessarily apply. That might be a whole other podcast, but... Um, I'm for it. the The rules of physicality do not apply to... to to say your your mind, your mental life, because your physical life is based on having a body, um, a finite body. It's a body that's in space, it's small, and thus can move in space, and therefore is a time creature. Your mind is not physical. Therefore, it does not occupy a particular point in space, It occupies all of space or even maybe outside of space. Therefore, the things that people worry about, your mind, for instance, has no true concept of time. Your mind keeps uh, track of time only in the service of your body. And I would posit that it's only your ego mind that keeps track of time. Mm. The divine mind is timeless. All of time is one moment for the divine mind, and one moment is an eternity. And the word eternity is not an easy thing for us to wrap our our, our ego mind around because eternity means forever, times forever, times forever. It's it's, it's non-ending, right? Mm-hmm. So that is so basically that is saying there is no time, and the reason why the mind has no time. Is because the mind is infinite, and your time is only possible for when a finite thing moves in space. If you have an infinite thing, there is no way to move; it's already present, no matter where. It's just present everywhere. So I even think, from yes, go ahead, Candy.
0: So could it be? Well, I think what that means is like our minds don't, our minds, our mind doesn't really see time because at any given time. We can change our reality. Well, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: right, reality. reality is whatever our mind wants it to be.
0: Exactly. Uh, like hmm, I was just about to take this to quantum physics, but we'll keep okay. it to this. <laughs> we could, but it relates. It also so the well, yeah, the
2: yeah. ego mind is definitely steeped in tracking time because it relates to a physical experience and a physical body, which is which is finite. Uh so people worry about dying per se. So, so your physical body can die. Okay? It's physical. It's made of substance and it can die. Your mind is not physical. It's not made of substance. It cannot die. Something that's made is, is not made from physical material cannot die. It's only things that's physical can die. So the very thing that we worry about most, the thing that the ego worries about most, mm-hmm. said death, said Losing itself, it's not possible, okay? But from the physical perspective, if you try to apply all the things that you know about physical life to the, to the mind, you're, you're really erroneously applying rules that don't apply to the mind. They're, 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 these rules stay in the physical, okay? So the, I'm, I'm really telling people, stop worrying about dying. You can't die. Your physical body can die, but your mind cannot die. Mm -hmm. Some people try to commit suicide or do things to end their uh, pain, physical pain and mental pain, but I always tell them there is no escaping from yourself. You're going to have to deal with those issues anyway. You might kill the body, but you're still going to be aware of your issues and you still have to walk through Mm -hmm. your issues. You're surrendering the wrong things. Exactly. You're surrendering Mm -hmm. the wrong things. So I won't have the thing. I will let Amber continue Um, but I wanted to say those things.
1: Okay. Uh, Thank you. So, um, I think we kind of covered, we talked a lot about the ego, we did. the framework of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: how does all of this kind of tie in to Christ consciousness? Uh, I guess my experience, cause you shared your experience with the dream, and the angel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, who ac- appeared more like one of those, uh, those ice figures from the game of thrones. right? Yeah. It looked like that. Um, so for me, the experience is very different. It wasn't like a, a one, one time encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the Christ consciousness journey. Yeah. Cause it's been a journey. It, it starts with a choice. So you have to make the choice to go that direction. Like, imagine it's a radio and consciousness is all these different stations. So I have to make the choice to turn the dial there. And um, some people's radios may not go to that frequency for whatever reason, um, and others you might have to adapt or upgrade your system to get there. So uh, for me, as I was going along, I made that choice and I. I want to say, as I reflect back, it was probably the early 2000s, and and I was not raised with religion at all. Um, So I I attended a a religious service um, in Pocosin, Virginia, with my ex-husband, and um, I was very interested and what the minister had to say, and um, his his last name was Pichot, and I will say that man did speak God's truth. So, I and they were they were good people, but we were not regular attending people. We were probably like the average folks, you know, walking in there. Um, but it you know it struck me that towards the end of the service, he said something about you know, with your life, make sure that you finish well. And I realized that the majority of his audience was older. And for them, maybe it was about finishing well. But for me, I wanted to live well. I wanted to not just pray to Jesus and to God and all of these things. Like, I wanted to walk in those shoes. Like, I wanted to try to get as close as I could to emulating those characteristics. Like I wanted to, um, embody that. Okay. So I was wanting to take it that step further of, no, I don't want to just finish. Well, that's not good enough for me. Like, um, and you know, that that's okay for some people that's where they're at and that's fine, but that's just not what I chose. Um, now, I didn't realize that I was necessarily making that choice at the time. But as I reflect back, that was a conscious choice I made. And, um, you know, fast forward through some terrible, awful suffering and grief. And I will say this, the terrible, awful, suffering, grief moments that have you paralyzed in the corner that you say, why God me? Those are the moments that you will later say thank you god Uh because it's at that moment that your ego says i don't have the answers i don't know what to do holy crap what i don't know what's going to happen right Mm -hmm. and so at that point you look to something else Mm -hmm. right you look to something else beyond what you've been taught what you've been programmed um you look for something else. And so I remember sitting in the floor having the most humbling moment probably of my life Uh, and humility, humility will jump you through and skyrocket you through the spirituality process probably faster than anything, just a little tidbit there. So um, I was having a moment of humility in the soul crushing um, period of time. And I said, you know, why God me? Um, and, you know, I read about people like Edgar Cayce and things like that. And and there were some things that he said that really struck me. And one was um, prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening. And so I said, okay, I'm going to listen. And so I sat there and I listened and I got these flashes of why I was experiencing that very thing. Um, and, you know, it involves a lot of other people that I I don't want to go too much into for their privacy and things with my children and stuff like that. But um, in any case, it was like, well, you have to go through this because with children, because you didn't have enough self-respect to get out of that scenario by yourself. Okay, well, ouch, right? Um, but really... Spirit doesn't talk to you from a place of judgment, so it's just very matter of fact, right? Like it's not saying it to like hurt you, um, being truthful, but it's true, right? So it, but to the ego, it's 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 like a dagger, a slap in the face.
0: <laughs> yeah, Like, holy crap, you know, it's like calm it. down. That's that, that was harsh. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. But it was just very matter of fact. Like, well, you asked for the answer, and this is the answer. Um, so, from that perspective, I really. Listened from that point forward. Um, And so at the beginning, you know, as with anything, as you're gaining that momentum, it's slow at first. Um, I was not somebody who was doing my spiritual work regularly. And it probably took another, oh gosh, 10 years of just life. And then I started to have some experiences in my dreams as well. Where um oh gosh, yeah, um, but I would I would have experiences as other people and that I could see through their eyes. and I wasn't sure who these people were because I did not, like I said, I did not have a religious upbringing. I was not going to church regularly. I've probably been inside of a church as many times as I can count on one hand and that includes weddings you know um, so it was actually in knowing Geronimo where I was like you know he's a great dream interpreter by the way um, that I would say you know hey I'm, I'm having this dream and this is what I saw and he would be like oh that's actually so and so from the bible and I'm like no way right go read the story then your jaw drops to the floor <laughs> and you realize holy crap the bible came to me Um, Now, I'm not saying that that makes me special or something like that, um, because I think other people have these experiences as well. It was just what I needed because I didn't come from that kind of system. And I also have a very questioning mind that I needed something that I didn't have exposure to so I could get that level of faith for what I was experiencing, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, you know, fast forward several different people, several different experiences. And, and then along the way, um, you know, as I was a therapist and trying to uh, sort of pay it forward for, you know, that um, for things I had experienced and trying to help others. Um, I stumbled across a comprehensive resource model and Lisa Schwartz and did some of her trainings and attended some of her workshops and things intensives and attended one of her generational trainings. And in that experience, I had a very profound one. Um, And she does a lot of unconscious work, by the way, for people who don't understand what this stuff is. It's a model that helps you to ke- connect with yourself, um, to have a positive attachment to yourself um, where you can kind of be for yourself, which you always needed. Um, and it has elements of, well, I mean, it is spiritual because connecting to yourself is, is spiritual. Um, and so, you know.
2: It has elements that, that help you use your physical body has the instrument to connect with your, with your spiritual self.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so at this um, intensive, I had an experience and um, it was a generational trauma that had occurred that I was re-witnessing that I was not aware was in the family line you know, once again, not only were we not connected spiritually, but we really don't know a lot about where we came from. Uh, And so, you know, in that, in that life, um, it's a very painful memory of, um, gosh, do I go into the full story? Do I tell them? Should I tell them the whole story, you think? Mm, try Okay. First
0: mm-hmm. of all, I am so proud of you right now.
1: Are you? Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, screw it. I'm just going to say it. Let them think I'm crazy. I'm, I don't give I'll, a
2: shit. I'll try to give people yeah? uh, a meaning after, okay. you know, so that they'll have, they'll be able to understand sure, the story sure. a bit. All right. So,
1: story. so let's just say that people don't believe that trauma can follow generationally, which you obviously aren't looking at the research if you believe that. But they read it in the Bible all the time.
2: It says the sins of the father visit the children for generations well, let's and just, generations.
1: let's just assume they don't believe that, which is fine. That's where they're at. Right. Okay.
2: But well, just to say, it's not a new okay. idea. It's
1: right. not. It's not. Okay. So I'm having this experience, and um, it starts off where I just get this surge of anger. And... Um, for, the, the, for the people who are listening, um, I was someone who was a chronic people pleaser uh, in my former <laughs> Amber life um, before working on myself, and I would sacrifice my own um, well-being for other people in order to get love, um, and that's just where I started from. We all have our, our stuff. That was my stuff. And so, um, I remember as I'm in the throes of this processing session and, um, Lisa asked me, what, what are you, what are you experiencing? And I said, I'm, I'm hearing the words persecution and rage. And she said something to the effect of, okay, we'll step into that. And I said, I'm afraid it's going to feel good. Um, And so as it begins, essentially I see an ancestor who uh, was a Native American male and um, there was a decision amongst the tribe that um, they were gonna be leaving their land or that there was some agreement that was made and they thought everything was gonna be okay. Well, in the middle of the night things were not okay. And uh, groups of people came in on horses and just slaughtered the men. You know, they wanted to come in as if it was an agreement and that they were doing this through peace because they wanted essentially the warriors to be caught off guard. You know, they couldn't say they were going to be aggressors in this scenario because, that was going to be too difficult of a fight. So they had to pretend like they were going to be doing this through a peaceful means and then come in through the night and slaughter everybody. And so that's what they did. There was raping. There was, you know, pretty much everything that you could imagine that is horrific. And so that was taking place and, you know, bearing witness to what was happening. How are you feeling? Oh, one second. You're doing good. Okay. Okay. Um oh it comes back. Okay. And so um this man had a wife, he had a family, and the wife really represented everything that was pure to him. You know, she was like his his thing that made life worth living. Um and so he was one of the few men who survived um and they were moving the women and children um and some elderly and um it was going to be a long journey and he made the decision just completely infuriated and so he decided he would pick them off one by one along the journey not his own people but picking off the soldiers one by one. And so I follow him through this experience that, and he was very skilled in what he did. You know, if you meet me, I'm a klutz, you know? Um, So obviously this was somebody else's experience. Um, And so he goes through and he, you know, is slicing throats, cutting scalps, you name it, right? And keeping souvenirs of his kills. Uh, As he gets towards the end, there's one particular soldier who had, um, I guess you could say, made the decisions for what happened. And he was the one who was an officer on horseback. And this particular person decided to hide behind the children of the village in order to protect himself So he hid behind the children threatening to kill the children in order to save himself. And um, I can't say that all of them survived because a choice was made that he was going to die. And um, the warrior watched as that man took his last breath and saw the life leave from his eyes. And then it follows until he is bathing himself in the moonlight and he has the realization, one second, he has the realization that these people he killed, most of them were merely children. I mean, these soldiers were probably 16 years old, 17 years old, 22 tops, I would say. Most of them were just children. And so he realizes he really wasn't any different than these people. And so um, it was a bear. I mean, this thing exhausted me. It was probably a three-hour session that I'm processing the trauma of this ancestor. And um, it sat with me for months. I mean, obviously I can still feel this person's pain, um, And I had the realization, it really taught me about judgment because on either end of that scenario, either one could say the other was bad, okay? Um, The Native American could say, I was persecuted. I had the right to kill. The white soldier could say... Well, they did such and such to me last year or to my people, you know, he murdered these individuals along the trail. So I'm right in murdering him or, you know, where does it where does it freaking end? Right.
0: It doesn't. It
1: doesn't. So that's where we're at is it just never ends because everybody thinks they're right. Um, and so there is no difference between and I know we've talked about this before between a victim and a perpetrator. Um, because really, it's both happening at the same time. And I really saw that with this person. So though it was extremely painful to process, it was such a blessing, um, to experience though. I mean, obviously I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Um, but what, what a gift that I could be shown that to look at life a different way. Um, to look at things differently it's not to say that there aren't people who aren't healthy for us that you know we need to steer clear of because we love ourselves and you know but um, it does put it in perspective about judgment Um, who are who are we to judge we don't have the whole story Um, and so that one I had when when I had that experience through an ancestor things really shifted and started to escalate like intensely for me as far as pushing into christ consciousness because then it was like okay we're really addressing judgment um and when you really get to christ consciousness there's not a place for that um you have to be careful to say okay judgment not to say judgment is bad. You have to forgive yourself for the judgment, just to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it really catapulted me to a whole different level. And my, I'm going to ask Geronimo, because he kind of serves as my memory sometimes. Well, Do you think there's any other...
2: I, I think there's, there's some things that we should say, um, based on what Amber said. So she said a lot. And um, not the easiest information to digest if you, if you don't have the background. So what she was explaining was a process of going into yourself of meditation, of breathing and going into yourself that allows you to go beyond your individual ego mind and to approximate a higher mind And in that higher mind, there's a place of oneness. So the individuality begins to dissolve into a oneness. Now, this is very important to understand. The ancestor that she encountered is herself. Okay? On a certain level, all of us are one being. So spiritually, we are one being. And although let's, let, me, let me say this, so the Geronimo person that you're speaking to that's speaking now, that's an ego state. That is the part of my mind that allows me to be an individual. When the amber person that you encounter is an ego state, that's the part of her mind that allows her to be an individual person. Now if you would appeal oh, and the same with Candy and everyone else that you experience. If I were to peel back my the Geronimo uh construct, the ego, I would come to a place where I would get to my higher mind or my divine mind. If Amber was to do the same with her ego self, were to peel peel it back, okay, she would get to a place of a divine place a divine mind now there is only one divine mind that exists so this place that we are all getting to when we quiet our ego mind in, in other words surrender our ego mind is the same mind so every ego experience belongs to this one uh ego mind that jung called collective consciousness now consciousness is just another word for mind okay So so she was experiencing another aspect of herself, another ego state. Now, she's at the place in her development where, spiritual development, where she can, the first state that you experience is yourself, your ego self. So you can experience the one, meaning your personality alone. The next step is to experience the many, meaning to actually experience different ego states. You're not experiencing them like you're reading a story in a book, you're experiencing it as you. So the experience of the one turns into the experience of the many, and finally, it turns into the experience of the all. And then you're back to where you began. So it's a spiritual that is the state the progression of the spiritual journey now she's able to use her body through meditation and through techniques uh, that anybody can use to get to to quiet to surrender the the individual ego mind and to tap into the bigger mind so behind so this may sound a little bizarre to people who are not aware of how this that, that this actually is the way we are, how we're constructed, how we're made up. Don't think of this story that she's telling you as she saw another person do certain things she was this she was the person doing these things. okay? That's a whole different thing. You, you can read about Moses in the Bible, but to experience Moses yourself, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's exactly what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah. So to just kind of explain and clarify, when I had this experience, I saw through his eyes. I felt his pain. I had his memories I was him, right? right? And so when I have these dreams that I have had about some people who are in the Bible, I see through their eyes, Mm -hmm. I feel what they feel, I smell what they smell on the scene and things like that. Now, certainly... That that is what
2: Christ consciousness really means. It means to become Christ, to become the Christ. The Christ means the I am, the declaration of personality that God made, okay? God said, I am, I exist, okay? And my attribute is love. Love, I'm complete, okay? But that lends itself to personality. So any personality that exists belongs to that false ego state of the I am. So every every subdivision of the I am, of, of course, is a smaller I am, but it still belongs to the great I am. So every ego state can be equated to a a lesser I am and the sonship or daughtership of of who we call God the divine is the Christ. And when you experience the Christ, you experience every ego state, every personality, you become everything
0: and she needed to say something said, sorry oh i don't need to i was just like i was listening and i was thinking because amber you know how i think you know we think the same yeah um i think that if people can understand that the stories in the bible there's an esoteric science to it you know and like everything in the bible is in you from god to the devil to judas to jesus yeah. when you do oh, not yeah. know that i am god then you become the devil and if you don't know that I am Jesus, then you become Judas and then you betray the Christ.
1: Mm. And I also
0: kind of look at it as like the 12 disciples of Jesus or the 12 disciplines of the mind.
1: Mm. Mm. Yes, I like that. Mm.
0: Because it is like each story, like how you said, even like there's, you know, with each person in the in the Bible, The story of Moses, the story of Noah, like we know the stories, you know, but when people listen to those stories, they take it literally, but that's not how it works. It's literally an esoteric science. And it's kind of knowing the difference between dogmatic theology and then systematic theology. It's Mm -hmm. religion versus spirituality.
2: See, Religion is still based on looking at things from the outside.
0: Exactly.
2: It's still a dualistic experience. Whereas spirituality really has to do with looking things from the inside.
0: Mm-hmm. In other
2: words, let me give you a real example. Let's say you have an apple, okay? Well, the word apple is a symbol for, it has letters and a symbol. And when you read the word, that is a mental thing. That is a, you can call it a religious on the level of, of what religion is. Looking at a thing, calling it something. But actually, tasting and encountering and eating an apple—that is what spirituality would be like. We can call it a million different words, the apple, right? But it's still the fruit, still the same. It tastes Mm -hmm. the same, right? Mm -hmm. So, religion is still distant from the real thing. It represents ideas and symbols. about what what actually exists but it doesn't it's not the thing itself um i think though that you
1: do have some people mm -hmm. who are out there who do understand that these are the things with which okay so Yes, there's God within each of us and all of that, but most of us are not operating from that place. There, no. I mean, when you pray, so whether you think that you're praying to your higher self or that you're praying to something else, like whatever. But you know, obviously, you're not in a place that that you are.
2: Well, you have to. Pray you from still an have honest, to be humble from an honest place. If you see God as dualistic and separate from yourself, and you're praying to to God as a separate being then you should by all means pray that way there is no wrong way to pray
1: well I mean, but if
2: you see god as your higher self and you're praying and talking to your higher self and that you're one with that then by all means pray from that perspective but you have to pray honestly because you cannot lie about your what perspective is meaningful to you
1: i mean i'm going to be real with you i pray i am not going to assume that i have all the answers um I come from a place of humility where I'm going to try to connect with those things that are from a pure place than my ego, let's say, okay.
2: Well, it's impossible for an ego's being to really see a non-duality perfectly because then you'll cease to be a, an ego mm-hmm. being, right? So it's like when Moses asks God, Can I see your face?' God said, well, Moses, if you saw my face, you would cease to be Moses. You would die because you will see that your face and my face is the same thing.
0: Exactly.
2: My face is a, a, the more beautiful version of yourself.
1: But Moses in that Moses moment is Didn't not.
0: understand.
1: Do you see what I mean? Like so as he is he's not in that place, not you not know not. what I'm saying? So, so it's it's okay for Moses to pray to God. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be clear for that like um you and you know, know people that's where they're at and that that's okay
2: mm-hmm.
1: and if that's
2: you know, I, I once asked god you know that question and he brought that imagery of moses in my mind i was like god if i were to see you what would what would you look like and he said if you were to see me you would see yourself he said everybody who looks at me sees themselves okay and that makes perfect sense to me but he said if you were to see me you would see Geronimo because I am so beautiful that you would not want to be the human Geronimo you would want to be the all Oh, just like anyone who sees me because no one is really allowed to see me that way they would their ego existence would stop
1: mm, probably also it why- would
2: answer every question that they had and therefore there'd be nothing else to do mm, right probably
1: also why we Kind have a sense of forgetfulness when we come into physical form. Absolutely. So um, I'm trying to think of where we are. Oh, so, you know, as um, circling back to some of the things that we've been talking about, but um, so there's a lot of information about there, a lot of conflicting information about spirituality. How do you know what's real? There's a lot of group thinking stuff out there. Oh, if you come to this retreat, we're gonna get you enlightened. If anyone says they're the guru, be careful. Run. Uh-huh. If
0: anybody, if anybody says, that, says
1: they're enlightened, run. Run. Lying. As far as I'm concerned, we're all in physical
2: form still. Actually, Jesus said that in the Bible. He said, if some folks tell you that I've I've come back and I'm standing on a mountain somewhere, don't come. It's not me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: right because it's really about finding it within ourselves the yes. second that's Through our I own mean, experience yeah is you know is it fi- is finding it within ourselves
2: i guess we should just say that be mindful and be aware and uh and wary of groups and cults um it's okay if people associate and talk about things um uh, but um spirituality is not a Group practice per se, it's not a group thing, it's an individual experience.
0: Say it one it, more time.
2: It's an it, spirituality is not a group experience, is it is an individual experience. You have to find your own spirituality. There is no leader or person who can teach you how to be spiritual. There is no one to look up to. Okay, you have to learn to find that person in yourself. So that is the danger of looking to someone else for leadership because you risk being led astray. So I I'm not, I don't advocate people trying to find a group or a group leader, somebody who can teach them about spirituality. That is not how it's done. You have to go within yourself and find it. Everything that we're saying to you is our individual experience. We're not saying that you have to mirror everything that we're doing no, absolutely or saying
1: not.
2: you have to find your own way. We're just giving you ideas about how say we, we approach the finding of our own way. We're not complete by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm nobody's guru neither. I, Amber, I think I can speak for you by saying you're nobody's oh, guru. Dear
1: Lord, no. So
2: <laughs> if anybody says to you that they know the way that they're spiritually enlightened run because they're not,
1: and we've certainly had healers along the way of our journey who have got helped us to get where we're at through us exploring ourselves. And like some of those are like Don Link out in Virginia Beach, Candy, who's with us now. Hi. Um, hey. <laughs> um, Victor Barron out in California um cheryl shotwell am i missing anyone because i really would hate if i missed someone
2: yeah we're we're sorry but yeah if we miss someone we're really really sorry we've
1: had a um, lot of people and there's been a lot of people who wrote books that that really resonated with us and we mentioned um lisa schwartz and her model um so yeah be really careful about the group mindset, and I guess why I say that is it's not that all groups are bad. If it's like a fellowship where you're supportive of one another, that's great. But it is so easy with this stuff, especially as people think they're getting to a place of spirituality, for the ego to get even more sophisticated, where it then says, oh, I know better, um, and then, follow
2: me. Follow
1: yeah, follow me. me. Um, I'm going to tell you how to get there. It's just really easy for people to fall into that trap. And I say that with compassion because it's happened so many times. Even people who really were walking the walk and they just slipped for a second. And it's so easy to do. Because you get lost. Yes. like it's it, You get so lost. Second.
2: And then you get disappointed <laughs> because every person will fail you.
0: That's mm-hmm. a- okay. And
1: so, like... And where you can fall off is if you get that misconception that you're done with your work, that you're enlightened, um, that you have all the answers.
2: Or If some spiritual minded person um, disappoints you that everything that you did before was null and void because you deceived yourself or they deceived you.
1: So if you're at that point, that's where you really need to check yourself because... um, Last I checked, we're all still here in our physical bodies, so we still have stuff to do Um, and things to experience, even if it's just to have fun once we're done with a lot of the hard work. So um, those are things to watch out for. Also, if you happen to like have something that starts off as fellowship and you start noticing that this place does not have love and compassion, run, 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 run. So you might start noticing there's ridicule, there's favoriting control. control. So a lot of times it'll be like, oh, you're my favorite. You're getting preferential treatment, making you feel like you're special, Mm -hmm. especially for people who've experienced trauma or that they've just really desperately clung to love. Like people like me who were people pleasers seeking love and um, attention, Mm -hmm. you know, like it'd be really easy to fall into that. So, um, People
2: want to belong to something. They want to belong, right? You actually, belong to yourself.
1: Heck yeah, and it's a much safer space. It Very. might seem it might seem scary, but uh, you know, like in comparison to where it could go with a group, it's you know. So really, a group should be like, like let's say you have to say no. Um, the group should be like, okay, well, even if you're gonna leave and you say this isn't for me anymore their response should be, well, you know, you have to do what's right for you. We'll always love you. You know we'll send you lots of blessings. Even if like you're leaving in a really nasty way, it should still be, we'll always love you. We'll send you lots of blessings. Like I realize this is the path you need to go. So if it gets really nasty that they're trying to force you to do anything, it's time to leave. Um, If you start noticing other members getting ridiculed, dismissed, um that is also a sign because we don't often pay attention unless it's directed to us but please pay attention to what might be happening in other members of your study group or fellowship group or whatever even if it you're going to church and it's your bible study group like do not be part of a group if those things are happening because guess what Got it in there uh-uh. if there isn't love and compassion for your fellow man it ain't there i'm sorry um, and it doesn't
0: even have to be a church.
1: No. Just, I'm just yeah. saying, like, if you happen to be somebody who's very classical-minded yeah. in your framework for this. Um, but yeah, no, it could be, like, a Facebook group. It could be um, a million different things, like, people who just meet up or whatever. Certainly, it doesn't have to have any, like, strict framework. But we have seen... Stuff like that surging, We've heard from a lot of people that as they're going through the spiritual process, you know, it's natural to reach out to other people because you um, feel very different from other people um, in your everyday life. Right? And so you want to have somebody to talk to you about what you're going through, what you're experiencing, because you feel kind of foreign and, you know, that's it's, Hey, it's kind of a blessing to be for and look around. Um so, you know, that's not in itself bad, see, but there should be freedom to come
2: and go as you please. You see, any kind of leadership is, is an ego. Let me give you an example from the Bible. Moses had these, you know, Israelites wandering around in the desert. They had escaped Pharaoh's, uh, you know, captivity and slavery and so forth. And so they were following Moses and they didn't have a lot of water. And they were agitating Moses, saying, you brought us to this desert, we're going to die. You brought us from a place where there was lots of food and water and drink and merriment. And what the hell are we doing in this desert running around? We don't have any water, we don't have any food. So Moses got irritated and forgot that he, Moses, the leader, was really supposed to follow the direction of his higher self, of God. And he struck the rock. From the ego placed from the moses and said i will strike this rock and you will get water right well the higher self realized that moses is making decisions from the point of view of moses and not from the point of view of god and for that there was a lot of comic problems now people may think that god punished moses where he could not see the promised land that he had to climb a mountain and to see the promised land from a distance, but he could not physically go there. And it's because of that situation, because the higher self or God had noticed that Moses made that decision from the point of view of Moses, the ego mm-hmm. self. He
1: had some lessons to And learn. there are
2: karmic consequences of making decisions from the ego place, especially when you're trying to lead others. So leadership of others spiritually is a huge responsibility and cannot be done from the ego place. It has to always be done from the spiritual place. That is why Jesus will call himself son of man, which means I'm Yeshua. I'm the guy that you know from Nazareth. A son of God means I am one with God. So that is the place that we are to do spiritual work from, the oneness with God, from the sonship and daughtership of God, Not from the Geronimo place or the Amber place, you know, not from that place, okay? Because that place is the ego place. And one ego is no greater than the other. That is why God said, I'm no respecter of persons, meaning no ego is greater than the other ego. It doesn't mean that I don't love people. It means God wasn't saying he doesn't love people. He's just saying that one ego state is no greater than another ego state. When you make decisions, make decisions from a spiritual place, especially about spiritual matters. Now, if I want to pay my electricity bill, I pay that from the ego place. Okay. But if I want to try to teach people about a higher principle, I don't do that from that Geronimo place because that's a very flawed place. I try to really do that from a higher place. And I encourage everyone who is in the so-called position of leadership to make decisions from that higher place, not from that ego place. And I encourage every individual person to seek out their higher self for advice, not to listen only to their ego mind, because it, it will always most likely lead you astray.
1: And so some people might have to learn how, well, I would say everyone has to learn where is the distinction between my ego and my higher self? And that is a trained skill. <laughs> it takes practice, and it takes sitting with yourself with discipline. Is, yeah, and it it terrifies people to actually sit with themselves. They're like, "Oh no, I got to stay busy. I got to work more, or I'm gonna go have a couple drinks, or I'm gonna go have sex, you know, with random women, um, because I can't sit with myself." Well, um, I mean, yeah, that's great. It's it's kind of the cowardly way out. But, you know, if that's problem. where you're at, it definitely doesn't fix the problem. It kicks no. the can down no. the road. Um, you're going to have some problems later. But um,
2: there is one question that you could ask to try to differentiate. Ask the question. Whenever you have a question about something, ask yourself, what does my mind say? And then ask yourself, what does my heart say? Ah, the heart. That's if, good.
1: Yes, the heart. If you ask your heart and pay attention to how your body feels,
2: then you're an, actually mm-hmm. engaging the spiritual self and as um, opposed to the, the the mind self, the ego self.
1: And so, oftentimes with spirit you'll feel like tingly sensations um my ear Oh yeah, yeah, you'll hear a ringing in your ears. Mhm. Um is it how do I say it? Is it Colin Yehoey? Uh, she'll say spirit bumps. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I give her credit for that. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll, and everyone's a little different in how they experience that. So, you have to learn what is my signal for how I receive that. And it might help to start with small questions that you already know the answers to for you to figure out okay what is my yes no what is or what is my yes answer my no answer for is my name amber okay well uh, both of them are going to say both my ego and my higher self are going to give me the same answer for that where i can start to learn
2: let me give you an example of this you're standing at the uh you know you you you're you're getting married okay and you're standing at the altar and I'm talking from the perspective of a man. I'm sorry, to, but I could talk the other way too. But So she's walking down the aisle, okay? And as she's walking down, you're saying to yourself, well, you know, they already baked the cake and everything. A lot of people are here. This is your mind talking, your ego mind. I guess we're getting married today, right? Now your body, your heart is saying, oh, no, no, I don't want to do this. You shouldn't do this. You're not in love with this girl, right? Don't do this. But your ego is saying, hey, they already baked the cake. Everybody's invited. <laughs> Let's do this because it's the right thing to do. You're going to make her cry. Okay? Very, very different message. One is from your mind and the other is from your heart. And my thing is always follow your heart. Okay, The heart is going to lead you to the right place.
1: You know, just remember the heart is where, you know, that Christ consciousness is going to be the, the mind resides in the brain. The ego resides in the brain. That's not the place you want to go to for those kinds of answers. Now, if you want something intellectual, like, you know, five times five, yeah, let's go where we need to go for that. But if I need to get a higher answer to something, then I'm going to go to my heart, you know? So anyway, I, I realize we're, we're cutting close on time and so I'm gonna um hand the reins back over to you, Candy, and um
0: I'm forward. I'm just in I'm you know what's interesting? I remember when we first met and when we all like first started talking about this, and of course, Geronimo, I would talk to you about it, and then Amber, you and I would just have like our, our personal experiences that we were going through and they were always almost alike, like oh, literally, no. like <laughs> literally almost Oh wait, but you're in Aries though. Oh you're Aries and Scorpios are the same. Anywho, let's let's not get into that. But um, but I remember I would listen to you, Geronimo, and I, I, like at first I I it's like I understood it, but I didn't understand. Mm. I'm so thankful <laughs> for you both, personally, <laughs> because you know when I would hear it, it was almost like I knew exactly what you were saying, but it was like my body wasn't there yet, mm-hmm. oh. but my mind was getting there. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why I really feel like this is why it took a while to do a part two, because now I understand to a T just based off of my own personal experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. and like just from the time frame that I've known you all and without you two. I literally would probably feel like I was going crazy. Like, Amber, you know, I text you and be like, (laughs) hey, let's check in, you know, and we go and we talk back and forth. And then, like, it makes me feel so good to know that I am not crazy. (laughs) Because this, it (laughs) makes you feel like at times you are going crazy because you have to put yourself in how you, like, exactly how you said, this is a a one-on-one experience. This is yeah. not between you and everybody else. You can share some of your experiences with other people that are like-minded who may understand you, but not everybody's not going to understand you. And you have to be okay with that because yeah. it's not for them to understand.
1: Exactly. And frequently it's the ones who were closest to you in your physical
0: experience. Who, that don't understand.
1: Who aren't going to understand and they're going to reject it. And you're having to like talk, you, you'll find companionship or fellowship in somebody you barely really know um but like you really know each other on a spiritual Mm -hmm. level um so it's kind of weird how all that works out but um yeah so it it is a there are plenty of moments you think you're losing your mind but really look around is what i venture to say to the audience here is look around do you really Want to drink that Kool Aid?
0: Nope, because um, you're breaking the mold.
1: Yes, so there's moments that are scary because you're the the first ones branching out for something different. But you know, do it for your family. Do it for your generational line. Do it for yourself.
2: Remember, you know, one of us have done it. All of us have.
1: That's done right. That's right.
2: You know, so it's it's really like that. If you've achieved something, you've achieved it for all.
1: For all. Mm hmm. So right. then they're just locking in that path. So yeah.
2: that's why the man in the cross did it for all of us. Right. We all have to be that person on the cross.
0: I was just going to say that yeah. we all have to carry our own cross. Correct. Mm-hmm.
2: And Ooh. then,
1: and, and, you know, I mean, they crucified him. So, you know, there's going to be moments you feel persecuted.
2: Well, you're going to be on that cross. <laughs> yeah. It is you who was on the cross people just read that story and think oh that poor guy on the cross well i have news for you guys it's you yep you're the one on the cross okay so when you become the christ you find yourself on the cross
0: and it's and not fun
2: it's not fun and then you re- you you step into him and you realize the doubt that he had that the man suffered on the cross mm-hmm. the, the the spiritual man person was was wise and fully aware of what was going on. The man itself struggled. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that he was a man, a human being. But you, every one of us has to be on that cross. And everyone has to heal that man. And everyone has to identify with that spiritual person. And then you become the Christ. So this and is that's when you
0: resurrect.
2: That's, and yeah. because he resurrected, you resurrected. You have to see that it is you. It, you're not reading some story of resurrection. It is you on that Sunday morning that resurrected yourself. And therefore, death has no dominion over it's, you. It's
1: like a more symbolic. It is very <laughs> but,
0: symbolic. Oh, so I'm
1: not trying to say we're being blasphemous or something for those who aren't understanding. It's just you have to walk that walk.
0: Christ mind
2: means exactly that. Yeah. becoming into Christ. Yeah,
1: you're you're at that. And so you might even have memories. I mean, you might even, as you were embracing Christ consciousness, you might have memories of the Christ and that's okay. I mean, it's not to say you still have to remember you're in this physical body. You are not perfect. Other people can have these experiences. It doesn't make you special, but keep your ego in check. Remember, it starts
2: off as the experience of the one and then becomes the the experience of the many and then the experience of the all. So the person that you identify as Jesus has your experiences as well, just as you have his experiences. All become one. And that is where the mystery is, okay? That is where the real juice is, when all become one.
0: I want to do a part three, but I'm going to tell you what part three is going (laughs) to be about. It's literally, I want to talk about being on the other side. Oh, okay.
2: Because that's
0: where I'm at right now the other side of that right of all of that so what happens after that integrating integrating Mm -hmm. it all so let's do that with the next one sure this is like the best therapy ever (laughs) (laughs) you guys I'm always truly so thankful for you both for dropping all sorts of gems and knowledge thank you you're welcome
2: thank you thank
0: you I'm so excited. Yay. You guys, if, well, it's not going to be if. It's totally happening, the part three. When it happens, I don't know, but it'll happen when spirit says so. That's right. Uh, the right time. Yeah. It makes
1: exactly. sense that it has to be in a Trinity format. So,
0: mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's. Yes. <laughs> okay. Always a pleasure. Do not forget to like, share, and subscribe. I'm always loving the emails that I'm getting from everyone. I am truly grateful to have this experience with everyone on here and to talk about different experiences. I have to cough, so it's like sounds like I'm like oh. <laughs> but um yeah, I'm truly like thankful to just like be able to talk about these kinds of things and I hope that it does help people to understand maybe where they're at in their lives. So you guys big thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks. Well, bye everybody. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.